Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Carson Bonek of Baliazny Asset Management. In our conversation, Carson and I discuss the challenges of building out a data function as a multi-strategy hedge fund like Baliazny. In other news, please join me at Eagle Alpha's Virtual Insight 2.0 event this Wednesday, where I will be hosting an interactive discussion around the international data landscape. We'll broadly be trying to establish whether investors should be looking to Europe or Asia for more alternative data growth in 2022. Baliazny was founded by um, Dmitry Baliazny uh, 20 years ago. And in fact, we just um, celebrated our 20-year anniversary. Dmitry, uh, Taylor O'Malley, and Scott Schroeder are our three founders. Scott Schroeder lost out because there were, already was a Schroeder. Schroeder Asset Management existed, so they had to go. So that in a way, the, the, most, the most unique was going to be the winner. Uh, that's exactly right. And the one who was doing the trading too so um but certainly um as dimitri dimitri's uh started at schoenfeld and then um mm. and then came over and, and started his own firm um and over the years now uh 20 years in as you mentioned it's a, a fully fledged multi-strat hedge fund covering uh equities um uh, equity long short business commodities uh, credit uh, macro Risk arb, um, you know, very, very much covers um, uh, all the the macro strat uh, basis, and so um, yeah, it's been an amazing ride. I've been at the firm uh, only for a portion of it. I've I've been here five years now, a little over five years, and um, just continue to learn so much working in in uh, this environment and and uh, with folks here. Fantastic. Can you give can can you give any impression of size? Yeah, we're over we're over ten billion mm-hmm. and uh, and growing uh, like many hedge funds are uh, in in today's climate. Um, you know, I think we've been through some ups and downs, like all funds have, um, and you know, we're of a, a bit larger size, and then um, you know had some headwinds in uh, seventeen eighteen, um, mm-hmm. but uh, since that time. I think both the uh, the firm and our um, and and sort of our strategy has uh, come come into brighter focus. Uh, we've added some additional leadership in areas. Uh, we have a great leader in macro, great leads in uh, running our equities business, credit, uh, commodities. So these are um, that's an important areas of scale. And I think with that scale uh, and sort of our focus on. Um, you know, in a renewed focus on just staying advanced in risk. It's helped us to have what's now been three, um, you know, very, very strong years. Um, certainly last year was a, a standout year uh, for, for a lot of funds too, but, but certainly for ours um, where we were up, um, I think 34% was, was, the, was the number. So um, nice. a, lot of, a lot of changes happened. I think a lot of results of those changes have uh, been translated now into uh, returns for our investors. And uh, we're just, we're, you know, we're trying to keep that going. 
Fantastic. So um, you are the chief data officer at Ballyasny and um, following a, a long stint at um, S&P Global Market Intelligence and, and, and various quantitative things before. So what did BAM look like as uh, when you joined um, and what would you describe as BAM's relationship with data? Well, you know, there was a there was a pretty strong existing one. Right. I mean, um my role was something that didn't exist at the time because I was hired uh, originally to, you know, create a quant research group for our uh, equity long short business. Um, just so happened, though, that, you know, the, the firm had also hired a, a new CTO um, from Citadel. And so there was there, you know, there was just a lot of focus on um, data and technology. Um and the firm had a ton of it already, you know, alternative data sets, credit card data sets, things like that. Um, but, you know, we we definitely had some areas to grow in. And um, one of the catalysts for the creation of my role was, you know, as our internal quant teams became more sophisticated uh, and as we looked at hiring external, um, you know, bringing in folks to run more quantitatively driven strategies, um, there became a need to really have a focus on data, data architecture, uh, getting alt data right. You know, you know, my, my role was created. I, uh, sort of, I tell, I'll tell the story briefly, but you know, it was, a, yeah. it was sort of a funny story uh, in a meeting with the, with the founders of the firm and, and the executive leadership, uh, um, who run, run the businesses and, you know, uh, the conversation there, there had been a lot of talk around, um, you know, needing to improve sort of the data and, and how we could do that. What would be the strategy to do so? Um, the conversation went a little bit like, Hey, you know, we, I think we, we agree. We really need to do this. Who could do it? And, uh, I think, uh, someone proposed, well, maybe, you know, maybe Carson can do it. This is with me in the room and I'm just sort of going, oh, maybe I can. You know, it's, it's good to be talked positively, I guess. And then by the end of that conversation, it was, okay, well, Carson is going to do it. And, um, you know, I share that with a lot of folks because I think it speaks to some things that differentiate BAM. One is just sort of an openness to decision-making and uh, allowing people to participate uh, and in many ways co-author their career paths. Um, but for me, it was really, uh, I, it's really a sort of major inflection point. You were used to S&P, which is a much larger organization and with presumably many. There's a lot more layers. That's yes, for sure. exactly. So you're perhaps a slower moving machine. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And um, that I was super excited about, uh, you know, the opportunity to build something, build something new. And I think you know, that's that's one of my own passions is just building teams and building groups. I really I love recruiting a players and setting them loose. Um, and so I got excited at the prospect of, you know, solving a lot of important challenges, but then also having agency to, you know, build a world class world class team. Um, and and, you know, I think it's very rare. I, I don't think it's often uh, that, you know, stars align where you're put in some of those positions so can i before before and i'm very really keen to launch into because i'm intrigued by what that looks like um the the kind of building building what you're what you've built but um before we do that can we just dwell a little bit more on Baliasny? just because i have 
kind of heard the impression I've got in the market is that perhaps Baliazny is is perhaps um, the kind, the kinder environment, the the kind of <laughs> the the nice. There are nicer people there, perhaps, and it's uh, it's perhaps a bit more of a reasonable uh, place to work than perhaps some of their competitors. Would do you do you recognise that vision, and do you think Baliazny would kind of put that vision of itself forward, or, or um, does that does that sound familiar? A lot of that fits, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I can't uh, say directly because uh, I've never worked at another uh, multi strat, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, I I do think that uh, I always describe our culture as. Um, you know, let's show my, my bias, but a little bit of like that, you know, American Midwestern DNA, right. Um, hardworking, diligent. I mean, we bust our butts here. Um, but, uh, not the, not the, not the gangsters. We're not, yeah, devoid, the exactly. Not, not Capone stuff. That's right. Devoid of a lot of the Chicago politics, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, to, to extend the analogy, but, um, I, I remember Rahm Emanuel talking about that incredible Midwest, uh, work ethic, um, uh, coming from Chicago and saying that they are the best, they're the best workers in the world, the, the, the Midwesterners. So, There's, um, I mean, it's from the top down, you know, you can't outwork our founders. They are on, they are on 24, seven, uh, 365 and, uh, lead by example. Um, you know, I, I will say that one of the things we talk a lot about within BAM is, you know, collaboration and making sure that, um, you know, we allow people to put ideas together. I think, you know, for folks who might not be familiar, a typical multi-strat would, you know, have a lot of different pods. You have, uh, you have an equities business, a macro business, a commodities business, et cetera. Um, and even within those businesses, there are, you know, at, at some of our peers, hundreds of portfolio managers who are effectively competing with their neighbors. And, and, and the result of that is often that there isn't, um, you know, as, as one would expect, there probably isn't a natural inclination to collaborate on your best ideas and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I think number one, we, we're not of, of the size of some of those firms, but certainly. I think I, I feel, and, and, and you may correct me if you want, but I'm, I, I feel like we may be talking about a company that's not too far away from Baliazny in, in terms of geography. Well, I think there's a lot of firms that are larger than ours. Certainly, I think you're, you're saying Citadel. Citadel is larger than, than we are. Uh, Millennium's larger than we are. Um, Bridgewater's larger than we are. Depends on how you want to classify the, the peer group. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I do think that when folks come into BAM, we make it very clear that, you know, we're it's a, expected to be a collaborative culture. You know, it doesn't mean you have to share all your great IP everywhere and worry about losing your edge. That's not that's not in the best benefit of our, our investors. But it does mean when, you know, talking to an organization like mine, a, a data organization, um, it's, a you know, knowing that we're looking to build scalable things that help lots of portfolio managers at once and, and businesses at large. Um, provides a context that allow us to say things like, okay, yeah, you know, Miss, Mr. and Miss PM, that's a really interesting idea, but boy, it's going to be hard for us to help you with that because it sounds like that's a two-year type project and we're going to need 20 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're able to have that kind of conversation because we can emphasize our focus is on allowing, you know, lifting the platform for our investors and helping lots of PMs at once. Uh, and I do think that that's a little bit of... Um, 
a unique quality within BAM, that ability to, you know, uh, objectively debate what we should be doing, the priors of that. Um, and our recruiting team, you know, they just, they do a great job identifying folks who um, want to participate in that. A lot of folks come in with some armor, you know, I came in with my own armor. It didn't look like what you might have in another hedge fund, but it was, uh, boy, I'm tired of PowerPoints and, you know, had my own, everyone brings their own, uh, own, um, you nice. know, experience with them. But I think for us, we found that, you know, talking about that, uh, Taylor, Dimitri Scott showing that, um, there's a monthly all hands meeting with the entire firm with Dimitri and, and the founders where they share what they're thinking. Here's what's working in the market. Here's Dimitri's view guys. Here's what we're focused on, you know, ask us questions and, uh, they take all types. They take all questions, every every question, all the all the hard ones, all the easy ones, and I think that's I think that permeates then the the way the firm operates, which is in a really positive way, kind of straightforward. Um, so Carson, I stopped you as you were about to say you have been given the the brief of really making this data. Ooh the data mechanism within Baliesny, making it hum. Um, and uh, you're the man who's going to do it. How do, how does one go about doing that? What's the most important yeah. thing well, to do? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we started off with a team of um, maybe 10 folks. Maybe, maybe that's high. Maybe it was, I, I could, it could be less. Um, you know, from various parts of the organization, we had some folks in technology that were, you know, managing some market data feeds. We had an all data or a big data team at the time that was looking through various. Mm -hmm. It's a very 2016 terminology, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> and that's when it, you know, it's kind of around the time it happened. Um, you know, I, I'll say that the, in bringing this together, number one, it it was certainly, we, we came in as a team and decided like, where do we, where are our biggest gaps? And I, I think sometimes when you're starting new, your early decisions are the easiest. You know, we had we had some core technologies that we wanted to build that we that we didn't have at the time. Um, we had some existing production problems with you know various pipelines and 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 things, um, and we had folks who had not yet worked together uh, and and we're now going to. Um, and so some of the some of the decisions that we made, uh, at least in those first. 18 to 24 months was very much around building a, a great technical foundation. I'm a big believer that, you know, um, if you want to do advanced things uh, at, at one end of the spectrum, AI, machine learning, data science, NLP, et cetera, et cetera, you better make sure the other end is rock solid because that's the path through which, you know, um, advancement goes. And so we spent a lot of time and still do, on our architecture, um, what were the tools that we're going to use? We made a hard cut to the cloud. We, you know, uh, the next week after <laughs> this role was created, and you know, this band of of ten folks were um, going to go to Mordor. We, you know, we put down um, a hard cut to the cloud. Uh, I was, you know, we were blessed with having really good. Uh, engineers from outside industry who had worked in uh, all of the various, uh, the, the major three cloud uh, operations. Uh, we do a lot of stuff in AWS, uh, as most folks do, given just, um, you know, uh, the ubiquity at, at a lot of those applications. Um, 
but um, yeah, started to focus on, you know, things like security masters and mapping. Um, a few months later, was able to find two folks who had built a, a golden copy data service at a long only asset manager. And uh, I mean, these are two of the most experienced folks I'd ever interviewed. It was like, oof, let's get them over here. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to build a really great security master for our equities business? Well, it's going to take two years and no distractions. Great. You've got it. You know, <laughs> didn't left them off the org chart and uh, let them build, <laughs> let them just go, you know, because this stuff needs to, this stuff does need focus and takes a long time to get data right. Um, so that was sort of the nature of um, where we were. And is it, and it's, it, it, and that's, you just see that as a setup cost or is this an ongoing? Are they still at work in their workshop, those two? Are they still improving? And Yeah, that's now it's becoming sort of a, that's, it's really that application, which we call Aries within the firm, is a centerpiece for accessing data. And, um, you know, but yeah, okay. yeah so, so certainly I think there was a few things that uh, just from my own experience uh, and then knowing the sort of folks that we had discovered in, in, in the market, that there was some opportunities for differentiation. And I think, you know, uh, providing a golden copy data service to a fund of our size, I, I don't know of other firms that are doing it. That's not to say there's, you know, our, our peers aren't way more advanced in other areas than us in, in, in places, which I'm sure they are. Um, but you know, for us, you felt you found a you found a rare bargain in these. Yeah, things. I thought we found something that would really over if we could build it right, be a massive accelerant for for a growing business. Um, you know, outside of that, there was a lot of just fixing. You know, a lot of the ETL and and the and the ways we were ingesting data um, need to be looked at. We, you know, what about cleaning? Cleaning, absolutely. We moved. We moved a lot of our um, pipelining to applications like Airflow. Um, you know, started doing a lot more sort of in-memory data storage. Um, just have some really great um, platform engineers. Started rationalizing APIs as one would probably expect, just to simplify our own support model, but also you know, how users might access things. There was, you're focused on the core and you're kind of taking it as it comes. There's a couple, there's a couple big bets that we were able to uh, sort of initiate. And, um, and then you just sort of walk through it. I think that's, that's really the key is, is make a plan and then start to do it as opposed to talk about it. And so you basically, you're, you're providing a kind of an internal service with the customer being the portfolio manager, I, I imagine. Um, and so they had been um, accessing data in their, in their various different ways potentially before. Um, and you, uh, in your project, I imagine, streamlined that process and made it kind of steady and reliable across the whole firm and, and in similar ways. How do you think the... Um, the service that they received how do you think the experience of a portfolio manager with data would have changed over that period well i hope if you would ask them they would say that man it's a lot easier to get uh the data i need to make great investment decisions for our for our investors um i you know certainly there was uh i, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of sort of our philosophical approach which is we want to build great data products that's what that's what we want to do, and our 
clients are our investors, our internal portfolio managers, their analysts, uh, folks on the index ARB teams or, or portfolio uh, finance. Um, you know, those are, those are our customers. Um, and, you know, I think over time, what we've demonstrated hopefully is, um, you know, that one, they can trust us with the, you know, the important work of getting them the data they need to make decisions. You know, it's, uh, there is a cost of transition for, for folks. And if you're not building a service or, or a platform or applications that are better, why they're not, no one's going to move. No one's going to move. You know, certainly my time at Cap IQ where we were talking quarterly earnings, you know, all the time that taught me that, uh, you know, the, the clients are number one, our portfolio managers are, are our clients. And so, um, you know, we have some sayings within our group as part of that. Um, I, I don't know if the listener would be interested, but there's a, there's a, um, an agency called pragmatic marketing that does a great job, um, training product and product marketing managers. I won't go to the distinctions between those, but really showing a product manager how to how to think objectively and 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 assess sort of unmet needs, and we've we've brought you know uh, I'm a huge proponent of it and brought brought a lot of that uh, language and and approach into I think our organization, which means we say things to one another like hey you know the answers to this question are not within the four walls that we're sitting right now, we need to go talk to our users. You know Carson might have some harebrained idea of doing stuff, but we're not in the, we're not, you know, we're not the group of interesting projects. We are the group like who want to make sure we're delivering value to our portfolio managers and to our investors. So let's go talk to them. Um, we have a, we have a cheeky saying around, you know, how your opinion while interesting doesn't matter. And that's not to say people's opinions don't matter, but it's really to say like, the truth is what matters. Yeah. Let's, let's be objective and yeah. assessing how we can really advance advance things. And, you know, my own impression, and this is, again, one limited by just having worked at one firm, is, you know, when I got to BAM and looked around and started certainly interviewing folks from around, you know, from around the industry, it really felt like there wasn't a product focus in terms of, you know, delivering delivering things to, uh, to portfolio managers. Um, and it, there wasn't uh, a lot of great career pathing uh, that I had seen. Um, uh, so that was another observation. And then I think when I, when I was put in this role, you know, it was in the midst of other firms, you know, starting or, or terminating, you know, version three or four of their own, you know, large data teams. You know, there had been changes in a lot of our peers at the time. And I started to wonder, uh, boy, what a what am I missing? <laughs> how, you know, selfishly, how do I avoid that for our, how do we avoid that as a team? The sort of two year cycle that I, or three year cycle of building a great data team or a big data science effort. And then, you know, overnight it's just gone. It's uh, like the, the French government, whenever there's a crisis, then the first thing they do is sack the prime minister because then the president gets to keep his job. I, I wonder if it's <laughs> the same thing with the, with the data, data teams and other hedge funds. Yeah. Right, we'll start yeah. again with a data team and then we'll carry on type thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I didn't want to be sacked for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, um, Carson, I well, it's it's I think we've I think it's been very interesting talking about the structure of kind of creating a kind of data pipeline and the and the ways of 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 making data the most the most 
useful and usable within the within the company and really kind of building that out. Um, I'd really like to talk about about the data itself a little sure. bit, perhaps um, uh, in terms of obviously. Um, so there are all, all sorts of data. This is the alternative data podcast. So while the market data exists, then it's the alternative data, which is which is of most interest to, to, to my listeners. Um, what kind of data do you like? At, uh, at Ballyasney, what kind of, I mean, what kind of alternative data do you like? Has there been a, de- has, has that picture developed over the last, over the last five years as well? Yeah, I mean, certainly, um, you know, we, so the, the firm's always had a, um, a footprint in this um, that predates me uh, by many, many years. Um, but as one would imagine, you know, we cover, um all the bases. And so, you know, what I tell, what I tell new hires at the firm is, you know, if you've read about it on a website or gotten it from, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a sell side report listing alternative data sets, like uh, that's only new to you. Like we know those (laughs) things, you know? Uh, And that's not to say that it's not great that it's new to, to them, but rather, you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I think people um, see in alternative data are things that firms like firms like mine have been aware of, been using um, for for quite some time. And so, have you have you got a have you got a crack team of of um, of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid style kind of scouts? We do. Yeah, we have an amazing sourcing team. Yeah, our sourcing team's around eight people. Um, and you know, one of the things I failed to mention was uh, around our organization that that's probably important for the listener is, you know, our, the model at which, um, our team is, is positioned within the firm is fairly unique across hedge funds. So, you know, our group services, equities, credit, commodities, macro, et cetera, et cetera. We service everything. And so what that means is, um, you know, not only do we have a lot of different things happening, but um, we're able to sort of draw connections between businesses that at other firms might have just been supported by their own independent, you know, data group of 15 people here, 10 people here, five people there, who knows, at, at some shops, probably 50 people there. Um, but given our orientation, you know, we're able to, we're able to sort of connect dots. And so as it relates to alternative data, what that means is, you know, ideas can come from anywhere to benefit everyone. So um, we don't keep a secret of what data exists in the world at BAM. Don't view that as IP. Again, knowing that there's a data set out there or a vendor that's out there, we already, we know those things. And and um, probably so does everybody else. Um, so when we're bringing in a data set, an interesting alt data set for equities, we publish that through a online catalog that all portfolio managers have access to. And if you're in the credit or macro space, you'll see that. You'll know what credit card data the firm has. Uh, and if we're bringing in, you know, interesting uh, weather data for commodities, um, and those are huge. I would classify those as alternative data sets. I mean, those things are huge. For sure. Um, you're, you'll know that in equities. You're right. So, um, we 
that that's one thing i would say you know we're still are you, are you trying yeah. to are you trying to cross pollinators as well are you trying to encourage look we bought this credit card data for equities but you know if you could find some usage then it would really yeah. make it more efficient you know on the on the macro or the you know credit um, whatever. it's yeah i you know that might be a second order effect that happens our objective isn't to um you know uh, necessarily have lots of people using the same thing or trying to um push that i mean again squeeze the last bit of juice out of one yeah i think you know there's a fine line there and certainly one in which you know admittedly uh not all data is published in our online data catalog there's there's certainly things which um you know portfolio management team or our team uh believes that has some real um you know has a set half-life to it or um is best deployed in a concentrated manner which we will, you know, um, you know, keep, sort of keep secrets on, but uh, the the vast majority of things are are not are not that. Um, you know, I find that it's really it's not necessarily about getting an additional team or you know, uh, add, adding on the margin usage per se. That's not our objective function. Our objective function is creating returns for our investors. And so we're here to help at a portfolio management team understand if, you know, the next data set actually is additive to their process. And we have a bunch of folks, you know, within our organization, we have a large team, which we call sector data analysts that are effectively, you know, data scientists, Pythonistas, who really understand the nuances of data and can bridge sort of all of that subtlety and pain, frankly, that exists in dealing with data uh, and translate a, a lot of that into how to assess a trading idea and working with those analysts and PMs to do so. Um, you know, so I think um, there's definitely there's definitely been some um, growth in all data at BAM, absolutely. Um, you know, I it, there's a lot of things that have become sort of table stakes. I think if you're... I've listened to some of your other podcasts and yes. I've heard that term used before. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably, probably true by me as well. too much, but yes. Alternative data wise, are you seeing, um, where are you seeing? So it sounds like what you're saying is, well, A, you've got a pretty good handle on what's out there. Um, and B, it sounds like you're saying you don't get that um, excited about a data set. Um, do you, perhaps as much as you used to. I don't know. Like, is there, like, when you do, do you still get a, a data set which a portfolio manager's oh, yeah. you know, eyes light up and it makes you makes your day worthwhile type thing? You know? Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, totally, for sure. There's there's new stuff out there, 100%. And, um, you know, we've, <clears throat> we've approached that through a few different channels. Um, you know, one, one just being, being the scale that we are, um, you know, we often, uh, we have a... Um, an allocation to privates. Um, Dimitri is also active in privates um, uh, in his own, uh, you know, foundation. Um, through that, we often will um, not only subscribe to something we think is really interesting, but but you know, take a stake in that company. Uh, we've done that for uh, a handful of data companies. Um, you know, we are increasingly uh, collecting our own data. You know, so um, the the application of alt data is often um, viewed through sort of this 
kind of quantitative lens. Um, but you know, if you're if you're talking with a long short uh, portfolio manager, she might not require two years of uh, history because she's looking at a company that just went public, that's just new in, in coverage, or you know. Uh, where where you don't need 10 years or 20 years and a thousand companies to make a statistical analysis. They're really trying to, you know, add something into the mosaic or or have a confirming variable. Uh, and that leads to a lot of proprietary data collection, web scraping, um, you know, leveraging different offshore um, resources and, and the like. Uh, and that's that's certainly been a growing area of focus for our um uh, for our firm, if you were to do a, if you were to provide a kind of market commentary on on what you're seeing in alternative data, what do you, where do you think we're at in terms of 2021 going into 2022? Well, I think you know, kind of what you uh, alluded to earlier, the uh, 2016, 2015, 16, 17, sort of the the FOMO based alternative data um, headline, I think has has uh, waned. Um, you know, I find that in with like with most things in data and certainly within alternative data, the way you get good at this stuff is uh, through some consistency of application and, and a lot of iteration and feedback. And so, you know, I I definitely think that the um, delineation between firms like ours who have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these data sets versus you know, uh, say a, a single manager who, you know, has four analysts and, uh, you know, sort of a, an IT lead or something. I think it, it's, you know, um, that the distinction between folks who have access and can wrangle this stuff and, and new entrants who can't, I think is, is certainly growing. Um, and I still think, you know, folks are looking for because, because the because the bigger boys are getting more sophisticated. Yeah, um, I think and that's so. Right. It's causing a it's causing a gap because there are people joining the market, but they're kind of joining at you know level one, um, and the and the and the big guys have been in it for for so long that they're now at kind of level six or seven. I think so that's it's causing right. a gap. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think that's not just happening in data; it's probably happening in a lot of areas in in our you know sort of in the hedge fund space, certainly. Uh, but certainly within data, I think that's right. Because um, you guys are essentially competing mainly with each other, and so it's it's kind of your it's like um, it's like kind of your 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 the speed of evolution is so rapid just between but just between you lot, and you might be leaving the leaving the rest of the race behind a bit. I think our investors would love to hear that. Yeah, if we were right, um, I, I certainly know that you know we our own group has benefited just from. Uh, to a certain degree, not having it, we didn't inherit a ton of tech debt. And I think that that, you know, there's a lot of our peers who, frankly, should be lauded for getting into alt data uh, and and taking some shots, build, building some data science teams. Now, they, they might not be there anymore, but, you know, th those early adopters, I think you, you look at some of the return characteristics of those firms, uh, were darn strong and, you know, they should be credited. Um, but, you know, I think now where we found our advantage, at least, is making sure that we're staying abreast of the latest and greatest technology. And, and again, the, the headwind there was we just didn't have a ton of tech debt uh, to have to refactor like I think a lot of our peers do. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get there. I mean, there's no doubt these, these are brilliant people in, um, in, in passionate organizations. But uh, for now, I think that's, that's where we're trying to stay ahead. But I think for the smaller, to your to your earlier point, for 
for the new entrants and, and sort of the smaller, smaller, um, you know, managers. Yeah. I, I could see this being a little bit of a scary, a little bit of a scary thing to think that, you know, uh, folks, there's sort of a consolidation of scale in, in effect that happening within the space. Um, doesn't mean they can't be specialized and have their own informational advantage. Just think it's, it's, uh, probably harder to find. Carson, who would you like to hear from ideally? Um, if, or if anyone, if anyone listening to this podcast, who, what, what kind of, are you, are you the person to fire a, a possible data set at? Um, are you, what, 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 what would you, what would you like to come from this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We've, you know, we love, um, we're learners, you know, that's, that's sort of our approach to, to everything we do here. So, uh, yeah, definitely are always on the lookout for, uh, something that can help our investors, uh, new data sets, a big part of that, you know, we built an application, in fact, um, you know, born a little bit out of the struggles I had when I was at Capital IQ in realizing that I had a bunch of ideas and I couldn't get, you know, hedge funds to, to look at them, or I didn't even know what happened once we gave the data to them. So at BAM, we created a tool called Antenna that allows new data providers to post on their own their data sets. And there's a little bit of a configuration that happens. And then what we will do is within 10 seconds or whatever, we'll show them results of a back test that uh, very similar to the one that my team used to run when I was before pre pre chief data officer days, when we were trying to, you know, when we were building sort of a, a, a quant group for the equities business, you know, again, you know, using risk, an actual risk model, showing them uh, alpha or residual returns, you know, these, these mm -hmm. uh, specific returns that we use to, to validate signal efficacy. Um, you know, and, and what that, you know, what that does is it allows vendors to hopefully uh, prove that their white paper that shows a four sharp still has a four sharp. Yeah, of course, there's times where that doesn't <laughs> get proven and that's beneficial to both sides, right? It's beneficial to the vendor or the data provider because then they know, oh crap, you know, this is how these guys look at it. Uh, let's go back. Maybe we need to. You're biting the gold coin in 2021 form, aren't you? Just seeing if it's actually got the value that the that the guy says it's got. Yeah, because, um, you know, from, from my seat, I want to make sure that if something does have value, we get it exclusively. We have that type of conversation. We... We talk about, you know, uh, expediting the, you know, the, the deeper analysis that we would then do on that data set and prioritizing that. Like kind of a, I tell vendors it's a bit of a, you know, a fast track pass that you'd get like at Disney. Um, but, you know, it's mutually beneficial. And I, and I think we, you know, for, so for vendors, we're always interested in, in hearing about new things. And um, even for firms increasingly that aren't a data vendor itself, but have, you know, um, a, a large content collection aspect to their business, we're, you know, we're talking with them about sort of data exhaust, if you will. Um, what, what are they capturing that might be informative um, for, for folks that work here? Um, can I just ask a quick follow-up question on that, mm -hmm. which is, um, can you see automation uh, spreading further into the kind of data, automating data buying. Yeah. Can we automate the data, the, the data vendor process? Um, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, um, we're trying, uh, antenna is a one way that we try to do it. 
There is a lot of specificity, though, with uh, the application of data, right? And so, you know, it's it's not true that uh, you validate uh, a data set one way, and then suddenly it wouldn't be valuable for you know uh, a different type of investor here, you know. So we 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 often say to our portfolio managers, you know, you know, kind of philosophically, uh, how you use data is your IP. And that is completely on, that's completely secret. And, you know, we might glean a little of that just through interactions. And, and that's a very trusted relationship that we take very seriously. But that IP is, is uh, the, the portfolio managers. Um, you know, where, um, and a portfolio manager might use it very differently from their neighbor. And so when we're sourcing things, we it's incumbent on us to sort of be aware of okay this could be additive to you know this one team but boy this team probably already has it covered because they they're subscribing to something that's very similar three other things that are very similar uh, you know and so that that's sort of the the nature of uh sourcing so that's hard to automate i guess is a long-winded way of saying i think that would be hard to automate in a lot of ways you know there's a um because there's so many different needs. Yeah, because you really have to know your end user, uh, as it were. Um, I think the screening, the ingestion, uh, the you know first pass stuff, we absolutely are looking to automate as much as possible. You know, we when we when we first introduced Antenna, that first twelve months, we received, I don't know, somewhere around, I don't know the exact number, maybe fifteen hundred. That that sounds about right. So wow. it makes 1,500 different submissions into that tool, right? How many, we, how many successful? Bought, yeah, they, they, yeah, exactly. How many did you actually buy? We bought three. No. Oh, my word. Right? Now, admittedly, some of those submissions were do programmatic. That, do you think there's a negative bias against things that have come through Antenna? You know, it's like uh, if CVs have come from a kind of big, <laughs> big website, then most of them are going to be rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you've got it through a colleague, then that CV is going to be quite good. Yeah, well, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you've hit on the right point. I mean, we certainly saw as part of that 1500, there was a couple firms that were clearly using this as just a programmatic backtester where we would get, you know, we would get submissions every 15 seconds and we would get, you know, 50 in one day. And we're like, what is going on here? Oh, they're just using this to like train a machine learning model. Why, oh, yeah, why invest in a back tester? You got BAM, you know, it's great. Yeah, why not? And I, if I was them, I'd do the same. I can't yeah. blame them. Um, so 1,500, you know, probably doesn't mean that there was 15 unique new vendors that were out there that we've suddenly found, but... Uh, certainly the ratio of what we purchased to what we looked at, uh, you know, there's only a small percentage. Carson, I'm aware of time. I think we're out of time. So, um, so thank you very much for a really interesting and very open and kind of relaxed and enjoyable conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I wish you the best of luck. Five more years coming up, I'm sure, with, with Baliazny. And then uh, what, what worlds will you not conquer? Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Really love what you're doing. And uh, I think it's amazing um, just how you're pushing this forward in, in our world. So um, it's been a real honor to be here. And um, yeah, let us know how we can be helpful to you. 